Hello, and welcome to another episode of American Pale Males, your nerdy beer-tasting podcast. As always, it is I, your host, Edward Snowden. And with me, as always, is my co-host... Uh, what does that make me? I, uh... Chelsea Manning. Julian Assange? No. Yeah, there you go, some other, uh... Leakers. He's awaiting trial on some unsavory charges. Yes. No, it is I, Michael. Yes. Jeremy. And, and it's me, Jeremy. <laughs> I got you good because apparently I sound like Edward Snowden. Were you trying to kind of sound like him at the beginning there? I have no clue what the man sounds like. I've never heard a word he says. I listened to a clip for the first time today that I actually kind of paid attention to how he sounded like. And you did, up front there, kind of when you had that mellow voice going on, oh, really? you did kind of sound like him, yeah. I, I was not trying, but I'll take it. Perhaps I can get some of that uh, sweet whistleblower money. <laughs> right, or, or, yeah. Wait. <laughs> but, Mike, Michael, how have you been? It's it's another week, another day. What do we got? What's going on? What, what's, what's, what's going on with you, Michael? Tell me something. I have something for the APM Pod Book Club. Aha. Do tell. I've... Yes, I read a classic, a modern classic. Okay. I read Into Thin Air. Ah. The story of the Mount Everest disaster that occurred in oh, yeah. 1996. This is Krakauer, isn't it? Yes, it's John Krakauer. Okay. Pretty harrowing tale of somebody in Mount Everest. I really liked the learning about the kind of technical aspects about climbing it, like how exactly you get there, what exactly goes into the climb, what happens at each base camp. Uh-huh. And then kind of in the middle of the book, well, not middle, towards the end, obviously, you get this uh, pretty sad story about people getting trapped on the mountain and um, uh, the expedition, not everybody made it back down, let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. Including some quite famous mountaineers at the time. So um, it was an engrossing book, not without his controversy. Um, what was the controversy fact, around? Well, he kind of, I guess, so originally it was published as a magazine article. Oh, yeah. That's... And in that magazine article, he gets some facts wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. Which he corrects in the book. Oh. And then even after the book publication, he kind of, in the book, he kind of blame certain groups and certain people maybe blames a strong word but he kind of implicates certain events and uh -huh. certain people and why this happened and then one of the people uh didn't take kindly to that so wrote a counter narrative of the day's events and uh. so and then that person who was a russian guy died later but the person who kind of ghost wrote his book still uh, is attacking john krakauer from beyond the grave uh, yeah. Ghostwriting. He's dead. <laughs> like, literally ghostwriting. It's a funny joke. Get it? Yeah. Oh, so yes. It was, yeah, it's it's a good good read if, if you can kind of stomach some of the, I mean, it's not like grisly, but it's definitely tragic and sad because it's a, you know, a real account. Um, but it's really interesting. Also learned about a mountaineer, um, what is his name, Mesner. Um, he's the guy who was first to climb Mount Everest without oxygen, first to climb all summits greater than 8,000 meters. Aha, that's why, uh, you, that's why you read it. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's right. And, and so I'm going to try to read... Oh, he also uh, crossed Antarctica on ski. Oh, 
Good God. <laughs> Reinhold Mesner. Reinhold, yeah. Okay, that, that name sounds familiar. But So I'm going to try to actually pick up some of his books. Cause... Reinhold Mesner's books? Yeah, okay. yeah, he wrote a whole bunch. A lot of Some of them aren't translated, but... Well, that's okay. Uh, you know German. <laughs> yeah, very fluently. Yeah, yeah. So, question though. Michael, I'm looking at a mm-hmm. list of John Krakauer's books, and Into Thin Air is, uh, I've, is not one that I've read, but I have read three others of his books. Have you read anything else? I've not. This is actually the first of his that I've read. I didn't realize he wrote so many other books. Um, like in, I know I'm familiar with Into the Wild. Uh-huh. Um, that 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 book. That's a sad one too. Uh, so I uh, okay. I'm going to make some semi-controversial statements that I've made to several people in the past, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. I've read Into the Wild and I saw the movie, but I did not do it in that order. I saw the movie before I read the book, and the movie made me angry because Emil Hirsch and the director, who wasn't it, Sean Penn that directed that. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I don't like Emil Hirsch either. I I do like Emil Hirsch. You just dislike him for other reasons. But uh <laughs> yes. but uh I didn't like the way that the book portrayed him out as this like they kind of it kind of deified him and I didn't yeah. I didn't like it because he was a real piece of crap who treated his family like garbage and left because he was a whiny little entitled punk. I kind of got that vibe from I reading about that story. But so okay, I'm I'm not alone in this, but the, I thought the book was really good. Um, you mentioned that Into Thin Air might not be grisly, but the other two that I have read are grisly. Um, mm-hmm. I've, another one I've read is Under the Banner of Heaven, which is about a couple of Mormon... Br- I think they're brothers who murder their family. Oh, gee. Un- under the auspices of religion. And uh, his most recent book, at least as far as I can tell, is called Missoula. Oh, yeah. That one is gnarly. But it's well yes. worth the read. So I'm trying to find another one by him that kind of goes in the other direction called Iger Dreams. Uh-huh. And it's more about, uh, it's like eight stories of mountaineering. Mountaining, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Missoula is really good, but man, you have something to take the edge off while you're reading that. <sighs> Get a beer. That one's rough. <laughs> yes. But, um, ah, good, good, man. Michael. I'm glad. What's next on the reading list? I- Iger Dreams? I'm actually reading a book about a Wisconsin scientist right now. Nerd. But well, I mean, who am I to talk? Uh, number thir- <laughs> number thirteen on the thirty challenge is. Oh yeah, okay. Is is called Shattered Inside Hillary's Doomed Campaign. Oh, and it's pretty brutal so far. I'm only about ninety pages in. I had started reading a uh, biography on Andrew Jackson, but the ye old time language just. I I couldn't hang with it, so I quit. Is it like written back like an old biography? No, not necessarily. I mean, it's he makes a note in the beginning of the book that says like, "Oh, hey, you know, they had a really circuitous way of talking back in the eighteen whatevers." So all this correspondence is just like endless jabbering constantly. And so he says, in in places I've edited for clarity, and other places where I mention, you know, it's direct quotes. And it started off okay, but it got too much into like the the not Andrew Jacksons. So I I quit because it was hard, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> you wanted more old hickory. Yeah, I quit the book. So whatever. Yes, I did have one more book question for you. Yes, sir. segment's going on longer than I thought. Yeah, whatever. It's old standby of the show, Stephen King. They're adapting The uh, Dark Tower. Oh boy, into a movie. <laughs> okay, I want uh, being a King. 
I don't know if you're. Would you call yourself a fan? Oh, what do you oh think Lord, yes. I uh, I have okay. a good many Stephen Kings. I've read all of the Dark Tower books. I st- which is his magnum opus. It I've is read. seven books. It's it's got to be close to like four or five thousand pages worth of story. Yeah. Um, it's it's a lot of book. He it, rather than like crank it out like you know some like George R. R. Martin has pretty much just been writing Game of Thrones since about like what ninety five. Mm, yeah, something uh, like that. Stephen King started it in the 80s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of, he would write some and then like put a book out. And people liked it, but it was never huge like compared to Carrie or The Shining or something like that. Right. And then like five, six years later, he'd put another one out and, and so on and so on. And the first four are Stone Cold Stunners, as far as I'm concerned. They, I think they're... The first four are legitimately great books, and mm-hmm. amongst the best stuff he's ever written. And in the fifth and subsequent ones were written after he got ran over by that guy in a truck, or van, oh, or, yeah. or whatever it was. And he in, he gets a metafiction angle where he kind of, well not kind of, he does insert himself. So, that's what I read, I thought that was kind of funny. It's... He is a character. He, he, he is a character, yes, and uh, it's... Like, I I can appreciate it from a like oh my god he's gone crazy aspect but it, it loses its way in the latter half but I think it ends strongly. Um, trailer is troubling. Oh, for the movie? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, dude. We'll have to revisit it. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll go see it in theaters if only to complain about it. Okay, I like the casting. I like Idris Elba as. The gunslinger. I like Matthew McConaughey as the man in black. But that, oh boy, I don't know about that, man. It it just looks like they're getting it, like they're they're missing the point. Mm. Because without giving too much away, there is a way that you can tell the story without it being a strict adaptation. And in okay. fact, it'll probably be better if it's not a strict adaptation. Okay. For reasons that will become obvious once I'm assuming once you see the movie. Okay. Um. But it, it doesn't feel right. The trailer for it feels right. Did you did you see this, Michael? No, I've not seen that yet. Uh, you may go green with fear if you watch the trailer for it, the new adaptation, because it looks solid. It seems creepy. It it's yeah yeah uh, <laughs> that's yeah. the point right yeah that's the point. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, if, if you're a if you're also a King fanatic like myself, write in. Uh, am I wrong about the dark? tower trailer because it looks bogus to me. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's as you suggested earlier, let's cleanse our palate. Yes. Let's talk about beer. Michael, what do you got for me? Or should I go? You go. Why don't you go? Because you have one of the biggest beer brags we've had on the show. Uh, Yes. Well, I'm... You're kind of writing a check that I can't cash here, Mike. Okay, yeah. But I did uh, make it safely back from Dark Lord Day out in wonderful Munster, Indiana at the lovely Three Floyds Brewery and Distillery. Oh, okay. I I hadn't seen the distillery. They were building it last time I was there. Mm-hmm. But it's, as we established on the last one, you know, it's uh, essentially an excuse for beer nerds from the world over to come in and just hang out, get a really fancy beer. Um, I got French Vanilla Militia as my variant. Which is has coffee, oh. vanilla, cocoa nibs aged in a muscat barrel. That's right. That one sounded good. It did sound good. good. Uh, cousin of the show got the Ronaldo, which is the Michigan tart sour cherries. I want to or 
the cherry it's cherries in a muscat barrel i believe that sounded really good it, too it did i'm going to sort of split up the two major styles that we had into two different beer brags so i don't have to think about it because uh i'm still healing <laughs> sure <laughs> but uh um as one might expect the the biggest uh style that was on display was stouts and imperial stouts mm-hmm. um the three that i'd like to highlight were two of which share a well, hell, I'll just get into it. Uh, one of them that I really want to talk about is Hunapu from Cigar City. That I've seen that highly ranked, on... and for good reason. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's basically Cigar City from I think they're in Tampa. I could be wrong. Yeah, I've had some of theirs before, uh, but not that one. I had not, but uh, it is an Imperial Stout. It was delicious. We had it on tap, even which was delightful. Ooh, okay, um, that that's nice. That's yet another awesome part about Dark Lord Days. Not only do they have all of the, uh, you know, just the bottle share going on, but they also have all sorts of crazy guest taps. And this is, the commercial description says, it's an imperial stout aged on cacao nibs, Madagascar vanilla beans, ancho chilies, pasilla chilies, and cinnamon. And as we've established, I'm not generally much on chilies in beer. Save for Jokavesa, perhaps. But... The balance on this is unreal. Like, mm. you get a little bit of everything. It's not... It doesn't tip any one way, and it was a beautiful beer. If you can get your hands on it, do not hesitate. Well, I might have a connection to Tampa. That... Really? Yeah. Get us some, man. All right. S- side note, the amount of Hunapu's uh, dead soldiers, empty bottles, whatever you want to call them, that we saw just laying around was unreal. Like, huh. we... uh we went into the big tent because they have a big tented off area with like picnic tables and what have you. It looks like a war zone by the time the day is over. Like there are just bombers everywhere. I have some pictures. Maybe I'll post them on the Facebook page. It's it's just horrific. And like the table we sat at to rest our feet for a bit had at least like three or four Hunapus sitting there from various years. Two of the other beers that I had that were amongst the best were both based on Vietnamese coffee, oddly enough, which mm. I had not thought of before. But the first one that I had while in line was called No Rules Vietnamese Coffee Porter. And it had a it's from Perrin Brewery. Mm-hmm. Basically, it has Walter Sobchak from The Big Lebowski hanging out on the cover. Because, <laughs> you know, this is not nom, there are rules. Um, oh, yes, I see. Commercial I see. De- commercial description was, this is a 15% Imperial Porter was made with coconut Ooh. and turbinado sugar, then laid down and aged in bourbon barrels for several months. Mm, coconut. It was delicious. I don't know what year it was, but the coffee really popped through. I don't know what makes Vietnamese coffee special, but it was delicious. And we also had, and oh boy, I hope I get the name right. As I stall for time, well, I had Alesmith Vietnamese Coffee Speedway Stout, which, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure of the difference between 15% porter and Imperial Stout, but right. <laughs> but it was it was delicious. Yeah, I can't say enough about how much how much fun we both had at the at this between the music, uh, the security who had no idea what was going on with black metal playing, um, and just everyone being super nice. Just everywhere we went, whether it was, you know, people running interference so that my arm didn't get crushed, or just people, you know, like, oh, hey, we have all these weird beers. Hey, here, have this, have this, have this. 
It's it's just a great time, and it was 72 degrees out and sunny. I have no complaints. Oh. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. So good. So you'll have uh, some more beer braggage I've got, from that. I've got part two. Um, next episode. Next episode. As Excellent. As Dre said, and for those that follow me on my personal <laughs> untapped account, which I'm not giving away, be prepared for a deluge as I have yet to. Oh, just pile in all the ones that we had because cell phone reception was not the best in the, uh, at the festival. But Michael, enough of that. What do you got? Um, I want to do part two of my beer brags from Korea. Um, I kind of focused on Korean beer, bigger Korean beers last episode. This one, I kind of have some more off the wall ones. Okay. Um, and a, a beer that I didn't try, but I was surprised to see. So I start with that one, I guess. So I was in, you know, in Chun, Korea, thousands of miles from home in Wisconsin, <laughs> I look on the shelf and I see a beer simply called Wisconsin Pale Ale. Why did you not try this? And it was like $3 a bottle. So? Like it was, Who cares? You know, it's just, it was from... Um, it was from... Uh, oh my God, I'm totally blanking. Um, South Korea? No, no, no. It was... From here, oh wow! Um, and it's not sold here. It's from, it was from Minhas Brewing Company, who do a lot of contract brewing ah. and a lot of exporting. Okay. And so they are actually like the number. They're in like the top fifteen, I think, top twenty craft brewers. But you really don't see a lot from them because um, they really don't sell in stores so much. I don't think. They do just the amount of contract brewing and exporting they do okay. makes them a huge brewer. And so this was one of their exports, I guess. And it was in Korea and it was kind of bizarre. It was you know, <laughs> plain English, uh, Wisconsin India Pale Ale and Wisconsin Pale Ale, two varieties at that. And yeah, so I'm like, oh, that's weird. That brewery okay. is an hour drive away and <laughs> and here it is i've never seen a, that beer before did you at least take so. your picture by the beer i did okay, i did okay, do that good. yeah i didn't get i just didn't expect it to be that great and it was like uh, over 3 dollars for a 12 ounce bottle Michael. And I, there was lots of other beers to try Michael. um including a, a curious kind of a mystery beer and I, I meant to research it more but I'm, now I'm feeling like I should leave it a mystery there was this set of beers from literally on the bottle it's, or the can it was a tall boy can it said beer from the Netherlands okay and I still haven't figured out if it was actually imported from the Netherlands or if there's a brewery <laughs> named the Netherlands it's, that... it's, it's just a clever marketing scheme right <laughs> yes um, and so these were like, um, uh, inexpensive and my sister-in-law saw them and she's like, so she bought a bunch of them cause they were like a dollar for a towel boy. And it was like, each of them had a different flavor or style, I guess, but uh-huh. it was more like a flavor in the end. So one was, uh, we had lager beer from the Netherlands, okay. vice beer from the Netherlands and tequila beer from the Netherlands. Uh-oh. Yes. So before we had all these, we kind of passed them around and shared them in little samplers. And I'm like, just look out for the tequila beer. Yeah. It's probably not going to be good. You know, just FYI, it's going to taste probably the weirdest out of all these. And surprisingly enough, it wasn't that bad. Really? It was more akin to like 
a lime flavor rather than a a colto what yeah a colto <laughs> exactly tequila staves or whatever so it wasn't that bad huh. the vice beer was it tasted tasted more like a flavor than than a true vice okay. style but it was still like pretty good the lager beer was really weird and it had a really non-beer flavor to it so huh. that one was probably the worst so the tequila beer was actually surprisingly refreshing and a little different so yeah it's just something was off about these cans about their origin they were they're just kind of uncanny valley but uh-huh. they weren't like i think i gave them all like between 2.5 and 3 somewhere in there they're like not bad for their cost and everything mm-hmm. but they're just so weird so just a little something was off. <laughs> Interesting. But I liked it. I yeah. liked it overall. It was fun to try them. Especially warning everybody about how the tequila beer would be bad, and then it's like the lager is the <laughs> strangest tasting one. So. so we're running around slapping everyone to make sure they don't try it without warning. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yes. That's delightful, Michael. But yes. speaking of staves and things aged on uh, liquor, mm-hmm. do we want to get into the, uh, the FDR? Today... We have. We are going back to a brewery we have not done in a long time. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, the last, you know, it must be in like the early 20s or something, something like that. We have Boulevard Brewing Company Show Me Sour Barrel-Aged Ale. It's kind of funny. We're just talking about Boulevard and how they're owned by Duval. Uh-huh. And they still retain their craft status. It's true. And so I, I picked this one specifically because it's supposed to be their pl- like a beer play on a whiskey sour. Okay. See, I was kind of wondering how this was going to taste because I like sours uh-huh. and some barrel-aged stuff I enjoy, some st- barrel-aged stuff I don't. So I, I'm really curious to see where this one lands for me. Have you had any sours that were woody or like tasted like they had been in a barrel? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. It's a it's a unique flavor, and I can't like I can't quite think of one that I've had right off the top of my head. But I know I've had them. Um, hmm. Yeah, barrel aged sours are very weird. It's it's an odd combination, but I do dig it. Now I realize we've had this beer for a while. Uh-huh. I mean, like a couple months in possession. Yes. And I realized just the other day that show me refers to Missouri. Uh-huh. And Jeremy, have you ever been to Missouri? Sadly. <laughs> Sadly. I mean I got you know, I got a bunch of bottle rockets there when I was like seventeen. But Okay. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean Missouri probably wasn't that far of a drive for eh, you. About an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I would I've been to St. Louis when I was really young and had a lot of fun there, but that was 25 years ago or so. So, uh, several several years ago, I went to Mississippi with my family to see some other family, and we drove through Missouri from stem to stern, as it were. So you went through Missouri and then down to Missouri. Oh boy, I was actually just going to make that remark because Missouri <laughs> stops the second you get past St. Louis, and Missouri starts afterwards. I I don't remember where it came from, but it's it's where you, you stop seeing Howard Johnsons and you start seeing Stuckies. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't remember where I got that from, but yeah. I might possibly be going back to Missouri after all these years this year because 
there will be a rare total solar eclipse oh, yeah. uh, this year in August, and Missouri will be like at the epicenter of it, so you'll have like the full maximum umbra or whatever they call it. Penumbra? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Uh, if you're down there, so that's something that might be in the works. This is, but this is um, how the purge started, Michael. <laughs> the eclipse. Yes. But in any case, uh, Boulevard. It's they're in Kansas City, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So wrong side of the Which state. Which is in Missouri. No. That. Oh yeah. Well yeah. Wrong side of the state. Yeah, I got no problem with Kansas City. I saw Green Day in Kansas City once. Oh. Also, when I was seventeen or eighteen. Different times, another Missouri though. trip. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was it was in the Kansas one, but not the Kansas City or oh, okay. Missouri okay. one. But anywho, Michael, do you want a little color text for this? Yeah, let's get a corporate description. All right, this is a barrel-aged sour ale, originally brewed as a collaboration between Boulevard's brewmaster Stephen Pavels. I hope I'm getting that right. And side project brewing owner slash brewer Corey King. Show Me Sour was inspired by their mutual admiration for low ABV Belgian table beers. Mmm, that sounds good. A touch of acidity, some dehusked black malts for a rich, dark color, plus a short time in whiskey barrels before being blended back with fresh beer. Make Mm. for a unique and inviting beer that's our play on a whiskey sour. And thinking of this made me remember where the last time I had a, a woody sour was, and it was that clutch beer. From uh, New oh, Belgium. Oh, that's right. A sour mixed with a stout. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here. So it's like you got the Belgian aspect to it. You got dark malts in there. You got the whiskey barrels and then also a blend. So Plus it's a sour it's, on top of all that. Yeah, so it's kind of complex uh, uh, methodology here. Hopefully that translates to a nice um, style here, a nice flavor. What do we got for stats? We, stats are an ABV of 4.3% alcohol, 12 IBUs, and 43 on EBC. I'm not Michael. Have you heard of EBC before? Uh, this is the first time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And European Brewery Convention, huh. the color of beer higher numbers equal darker. Oh, well, makes beers. sense. So it's kind of like the SRM, but just a different just- scale. English can't do anything standard. <laughs> Wait, eh, whatever. I stand by my ethnic slur. Shall <laughs> <laughs> we open this one up? Yes. And for the record, Michael, that was The Simpsons, not me being a cur. Okay. Yeah, I already stole a joke from The Simpsons with that Missouri, Missouri. So. Yeah, I know. You'll be in the cold, cold ground before you recognize Missouri. <laughs> I know, Michael. I've been there. But, so what kind of glass are you having this one in? I'm just using kind of a basic shaker style glass, which I'm sure I could be a little more elaborate with that. Holy crow, this has got a wild color to it. I know, it's really dark. I'm using a, uh, I guess you'd call it a snifter? That seems appropriate. If it, you know, if it's supposedly like a whiskey sour, or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose you could go a little bit more adventurous than a shaker, but, you know, it's it's the standard. Like, if you go to a bar, and unless it's like a fancy pants one that has like a quack glass or something like that, you're, <laughs> you're probably going to just get a regular shaker, so I can't really hate on that too much. Yeah. I figured with all that's going on with this beer, you know, I just go with the standard. 
why complicate matters. Yeah. But I'm giving it a little smell. Does it smell like a whiskey sour? Um it smells more malty to me. There's a little there is a little whiskey whiff there. There but... just a little bit, yeah. And as you mentioned, the color it's pretty darn dark. No it's, light shall is... pass, man. Yeah. It is a if you hold it directly up like my monitor here, computer uh-huh. monitor. You can tell it's a real, real dark brown. Yeah, but there's a little bit of brown right around the edges if you look through the light. Just the edges, yeah. yeah. This is a surprisingly dark sour, Michael. Yeah, that's throwing me off a little bit. Um, Jeremy, um, show me what you think of this beer okay. by taking the first drink. That's a nice try, Michael, but you know, keep working. We'll keep the uh, bad segues going. That's That's pretty good, Michael. Hop in. All righty, here I go. It is, it's got a malty taste, but it doesn't really have a Ooh. malty body. Yeah, it's strange. It is, definitely is sour. A little bit, yeah. And I'd like to point out that uh, this one is not expired. The bottle that I have says it's good until uh, like three months from now. Two or three months. Mine, yeah. July I, 17th. July something. Yeah, yeah. That's a plus. Um, it's This is really... It's unusual. Yeah. It's... Given all the flavors, it's really easy to drink. It has a real light body on it. Very much so. Uh, and I, I think that... I think the malts were... These darker malts were used for color more than anything else. Yes, and I agree. So it kind of tricks you because you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a real thick stout type beer or something yeah. like that. The, uh, um, the whiskey not. is not as prevalent as I thought it would be. I agree. Granted, I just came from a place where if it didn't taste like whiskey, they probably beat you in the way, on the <laughs> way in. But <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you had some heavy. There are some heavy beers at Dark Lord. Barrel aged stuff. Oh, very much so. But this is actually this is kind of refreshing. Dark beers. Yeah, it's. Ref- I was gonna say it is almost like a refreshing summer type beer. Almost like a whiskey sour, one might say. Hmm. Yeah, this there's a little whiskey on like the midpoint of the tongue. A little They're bit. Not real aftertaste or anything like it's, that of it, for me it feels like it has the it's got the taste but not the feel of whiskey and i suspect a lot of that comes from that aroma mm, because see. something like a uh, the uh coffee and whiskey as brewed by brew who who which you'll have to get your hands on <laughs> oh, that's uh, that one does taste like whiskey and it feels like it tastes like whiskey <laughs> because there's whiskey in it surprise surprise but a little burn not not really but you you it's hard to describe it, you can just tell that it's there whereas okay. in this one it's more of like a fleeting glimpse an accent an accent that's a good word for it i was trying to think of the rest of the words to uh the Pink Floyd song, Comfortably <laughs> Numb. This is when I was a child. Yeah, you know it. Really, the sour is standout flavor. It is. Very much so. Um, This actually does kind of taste like a really well-made whiskey sour. Um, granted, I like mine more whiskey than sour, and I haven't had one in a really long time. But I suspect if we got a photographer of the show, Zachy, oh, yeah. who is very much an aficionado of whiskey sours, Michael... You tell me what's on your mind while I go in for another sip. It's hard to compare it to anything. It's pretty unique. It is almost a little... I wish it was a little... The knobs were turned a little... Turn the sour down a little bit, maybe turn... Really? Turn the either malt or whiskey up a little bit. 
So um, it's almost coming across. Mm, no, I don't want to say the S word, Shandy. That's, no, that's too, no, no, that's that's, too, that's, no, that's, that's not, not the right, right word. No, um, but it is very sour, and it's just kind of confusing me, um, just given the color and stuff like that. You gotta but. open your mind, man. So I I think I'm actually in a kind of direct opposition as to where I wish this beer would go. Really, I kind of wish that uh, that it was just a tad more sour. Really, I mean, maybe I would just like it to have a stronger identity. If that makes sense, either way, I could see it. But anyway, go on. As I, because like we've been saying, the whiskey flavor is you know barely there, which is is a nice touch and a welcome change. If they are going for a whiskey t- f- sour flavor, which they appear to be, perhaps they should have amped it up just a little bit on the whiskey. Maybe aged it a little longer. Used, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's li- no bitterness on this beer. Not at all. Um, Even twelve IBUs seems kind of a uh, high, right. high. I think maybe that sour flavor is masking any sort of. It probably is. Eh, it, it has to be because if there was no hopping in here, then it would just be like this weird sweet and sour sort of thing. Jeremy, do you find the beerosity to be adequate? Do you think this tastes enough like a beer? I, I do. Um, okay. Because surprise, surprise, the other major style that was prevalent at Dark Lord Day was sours. Ah. Uh, but we'll get into that next time. So oh, okay. this one, I don't know. For me, it it does feel like a beer. Maybe not so much as like a Gosa or a uh, the Exile Beatnik Sour. Mm-hmm. But it, it still feels like it for me. I, I gather yeah. that it does not for you. Well, yeah, I'm, I think I'm still wrapping my head around it. But I think I have to think of this as more of a pure sour than a anything else and then well, yeah the flavor profile makes more sense i mean it says sour right on the label obviously it but does. i guess as a, you know they mentioned the kind of belgian beers and they kind of mention dark malts and they talk about whiskey and i'm like well oh, okay yeah. i gotta stop you there michael it says it tastes like a belgian table beer not necessarily well yeah it's not a open fermentation or anything weird quad yeast or, or anything like that yeah Although it would be weird to have this thing taste like rum. <laughs> this this one's unusual. I'm glad we've done this one, at the very least, because this is yeah, it's, definitely is it's... something that we've not had on the show before. No, no. Michael, what do you dislike about this beer, outside of what we've already said? I think if I say what I dislike about it, it will, it's going to break the mold of the style. Like, I was going to say, oh, maybe it'd be nice if it had a kind of a thicker body, but then it's not really a sour. Uh-huh. It'd be nice if it's a little maltier, and then again, it's not really a sour. So, yeah. um, is is the color messing with you? I think the color might be my biggest complaint because I just am not does not compute. Maybe I'm too much of a robot. I th- I think you are, Michael. It just doesn't doesn't <laughs> really bother me. I mean, it's much like age is just a number. Color doesn't necessarily have to. Translate translate the flavor. I mean, yeah, it, it usually does, obviously. And to be sure, there is a little bit of a maltiness in this one, but yeah, no, it's it's kind of cool. Um, f- this one is an unusual style. Like I said, I'm glad we had it, but it's. I feel like it's a little bit too tame. I wish I, right. I wish this one would have gone a little bit more team extreme. Like it's not. Um, like I said, it's. it's it seems a little aimless. Like it's 
it needs to pick what it wants to be and then go further in that direction. Like it's a little, it's not that whiskey and it's not that sour. That makes sense. Is that what you're saying, kind of? I mean, kind of, but I like what it's going for. I, I, I like the slight maltiness. I I think that just the kiss of the maltiness is great. I like the fact that there's that hint of whiskey and a hint of sour. I just wish it was a little bit more intense. Um, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it knows what it wants to be and that it is doing a good job, but it, it's just not quite there. It, it feels like it's unfinished. Yes. You know, like when you see a movie or a TV show sometime and then it's like the end... The beginning is awesome, and the middle is awesome, and then it's just like, <laughs> at the end, and you're like, yeah. oh, uh, all right. It's just like, oh, man, if they would have had like just a couple more weeks to figure out what they were doing, this would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that this one would have benefited from a little bit more time on the uh, on the barrel, and maybe just a little bit more of that lactic smack that comes with sours. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you. So what are you going to rate oh. it? I'm going in for the sip of judgment, Michael. All right. Going in for the SOJ. Very critical to the decision-making process. I'm going with a 3.25. Okay. I think it's an interesting style. I like the idea. I I mean, we've said it a million times. I just don't think it follows through. It shows initiative, but it lacks follow-through. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely would not reach for a six-pack, at least. But... Mm-hmm. Maybe a different year, because okay. you know what I mean. Like if this had not necessarily one that had been cellared, but if it came out again next year, which I assume it will, I would definitely try it again just to see if they could correct any of these perceived flaws that I see in it. Okay. What about you, Michael? I am going to give it a three. Okay. Pretty much for the same reasons as you. Um, I'm surprised you went that high. It seems like you were a little down on this and bewildered. It's not that bad. No. Um, and in fact, I would, if you can pick up one or if you see it, I recommend trying it just oh, to see what it's like. It's interesting. Um, I think a good sour we had on the show that didn't really pull punches but was very obtainable was the Sierra Nevada Ultra Vase. Yeah. I really like that one. It seemed, again, a little more focused. Obviously, it's not... This is going for something different than what that is, but... Um, like, that one was a really great sour. And this one is... Like you said, it just needs a little more oomph to it. But it's still... I'm really glad I got to try it. Would you say that this is sort of like a, a weaker version of an Ode Bruin? Oh, yeah. I can kind of see that. Like one of those weird Flanders reds. Yeah. Like, Flanders. just like a mild. If I mean, if we're being like stereotypical, like, oh, this is a, a Flanders red for Americans. Herb derp. Yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know what I mean? It does. It's in that ballpark. It's it's just not quite there. It's, yes. I want more. I want this to be woodier and more sour. Maybe I'm looking for an old brew, and I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <sighs> Michael, that's another one down the gullet. Yes, that is. How about you uh, shout us out on the social media plugs? I will do that. Uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, if you want to talk about Stephen King, if 
you want to talk about yeah. sour beers. Hit us up on that Stephen King. I want to see some tweets on this one or some uh, emails or some whatevers. I, I need to know. Am I, right. am I? Have I gone loony? Does Jeremy indeed sound like Edward Snowden? Yeah, that one's weird. Sent to us on Twitter by Michelle. Um, I'm not going to watch Citizen Four, but <laughs> yeah, go for it. Get in touch. You can do that a variety of ways. You can Twitter, like we said, at APM Pod, Facebook.com slash APM Pod, APM Pod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch directly. Uh, you can also. Um, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music. Uh, leave a review or a rating if you can on those. <laughs> if you Literally, if you can. I think some of them you can't do that. Um, and then we have our little humble YouTube page full of little clips of the show. Very shareable, very bite-sized. Very viral or, yes. or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Web 2.0. Um, yeah. Ugh. I guess that's it then. All right. Yeah, thanks for bringing the beer, Jeremy. I, I Yeah, we haven't had to force uh, rhymes into it. <laughs> that's Something right. about being in the clear? I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's all in the past. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening in, everybody. Um, so for Jeremy, I've been Michael. I'm Michael. I am not Edward, but Jeremy. <laughs> And we'll check you next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>